I believe. Uh, we get folks rolling in. The weather is starting to uh, dissipate. I think that's a, another great reason why you want to get out tonight to the Farrell Center. The other night was just kind of a <laughs> game started late. It was family night. It just it, it, all the weather was coming in. Everybody was scared. It did not work out. I'm hoping tonight and today's sun melts everything away. Uh, Curtis Quillen is a sports director at Channel Six. He's a man that I know. Some of these uh, uh, some of these sports shows and and uh, news channels they have shown that during the pandemic they were able to do the shows from uh, iPads and laptops and everything at home and had their their equipment. Curtis, how are you? How are you uh, holding up during this winter event? I'm great. Uh, you know, this stuff in front of my house is starting to thaw. So um, if it stays that way and it starts running off quickly enough that it doesn't refreeze tonight, that uh, we might be able to, you know, leave the house for the first time since Wednesday. Um, I've just been uh, taping my shows in my living room like it was peak uh, peak pandemic. Um, same way we did sports for. <laughs> gosh, 13 months uh, at the beginning of COVID. And, um, you know, this is a, this is the first time that in a day and a half that there hasn't been a uh, inch thick layer of ice just completely trapping us inside our house. So uh, we're making it through. We're staying warm, that's for sure. Now, you were supposed to be – the realignment's always fun. Um, for years, I remember uh, all those years I was working in Dallas, they, they had a big facility like at Birdville, and all the Metroplex coaches and ADs and everybody would get together. It was like the stock market. And then, of course, you're trying to get your, your schedules together, and they make these huge announcements. And I know the same type of thing would happen uh, in Central Texas. This was different. This all had to kind of happen via – I guess the UIL website, and then I saw the other day um, I was kind of monitoring your uh, your Twitter account because you did a great job getting all the information out, Curtis. So congratulations to you, props to you for that. For sure. But um, you were uh, you were you know it was like you were having to refresh and 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 see what was on the UIL. Uh, was it? I guess that was a whole different experience. Still sort of chaotic and exciting. It just kind of happened. The delivery of the news was in a little bit of a, a different manner. Uh, were you, uh, what was the, what were, what were the biggest like surprises to you? Like right off the bat, what were the, what were the, the real eyebrow raising moments for you as the, uh, as the, as you started trying to kind of peek through everything and look at all the central Texas, uh, districts, you know, a couple of the things that I thought and until the day before realignment, the only thing that I heard with six A was that the bell County six A's would be grouped together and go somewhere toward Austin. And that turned out to be correct. Uh, it wound up being Clearville Weiss, and it turned, wound up being uh, Hutto. I didn't know that Brian was going to stay in that district. Everybody that I had talked to before the day, right before the stuff came out, um, was Brian was 50-50, whether he would stay with the Bell County schools or go back toward Houston. I I was pleasantly surprised uh, at the fact that they brought Midway back to the Central Texas District. I think them moving uh, Skyline into that District 11 6A, I mean, I don't think that uh, Reggie Samples or Duncanville, I, I don't know him, but I would venture to say that I don't know that he was the biggest fan of driving past Grand Prairie to get to Midway. Um, and so I think it makes the most geographic sense. 
Um, and then there's the obviously um, the competitive side of that. But the biggest surprise to me wasn't so much what Lake Belton's district was, although I can get into that because I have some thoughts. Yeah. But the fact that Lake Belton, Shoemaker, Colleen, Ellison, and Waco High are all getting sent to Region 1. So if anybody in that district gets past somebody from the new Alito district there uh, in 3-5A Division 1 there in the first round of the playoffs, next up is either Amarillo or El Paso. Like, we're talking about a team on Lake Belton, Matt. Like, <laughs> I was shocked that they, were, that they went Region 1. Absolutely shocked. That was, to me, the most shocking part of the entire time. I think I expected Stephenville to wind up in China Springs District, although I anticipated Brownwood being there too. Um, and I think I expected uh, Lorena and Franklin to basically fill out 11-3A Division One with Caldwell moving back up to 4A. Yeah, I, you had a couple of comments that, uh, you know, like Elkhart, for instance, in, in kind of the heart of East Texas, ends up in the district with, I know Clifton's in there, and I think you, you were doing the, the drive on that. Was that three hours or something? I mean, yeah, it's like three hours from Clifton to Elkhart. It's three fifteen uh, from Florence, which is in that district. So Florence, a town between Colleen and Georgetown on one ninety five, is in the same district as Elkhart. And the way that uh, when I talked to Chuck Caniford, um, he he mentioned that you know he's just kind of accepted that Clifton is almost too big or too small, depending on which way you want to go with it. Uh, for its geographic location because there are no 3A Division IIs out that way. And so, you know, they'd be better served being either a 2A D1 or being a 3A D1. And so Elkhart's just kind of in the same boat. Elkhart dropped from Division I to Division II, and there's not any D2s really close. Because if you look at the UIL map, Elkhart really only had one option to go to, and it was into this district. Although... When you look at the drive, and let's take let's take West Texas out of the equation, and let's take High Island out of the equation. That's a heck of a haul, three fifteen by car. So add, you know, I think Canaford said when they're doing um, drive times for these school buses, they add about a half hour to account for mm-hmm. the yellow dog. You're talking about an almost four hour drive for a varsity football game. Goodness gracious. And you came from a place in the San Antonio area, uh, Valley, whatever we want to call it, that uh, that uh, y'all had some good drives. You 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 had some you had to get on the, the bus and spend a little time, but uh, these are that's asking a lot. Uh, talking to Curtis Quillen, sports director at Channel Six. Curtis, can you name the greatest player ever at Baylor who played high school football at Elkhart? Does the, the, would you Ooh. be able to take a crack at that one? That is a trivia question that is above my level of expertise. Although I do believe there is a current Texas high school coach, former Power 5 head coach, who uh, cut his teeth as a head coach there in Elkhart. Am I not mistaken? Am I I correct? You know, you would only know that one. I can only answer the question I put out there, which is John Mosley, my father, from Elkhart, Texas. Oh, that's very cool. Defensive tackle at Baylor from 66 through 69 under the uh, the John Bridgers era at uh, at Baylor. So, 
anyway, yeah, when you talk Elkhart, you started talking about that, that grabbed my attention because I love to kind of keep up with the Elks because I got people from that area, Palestine, Elkhart, the whole the whole group there. Uh, now, Curtis, what um, uh, some of these other things, like Midway, golly, Temple, I, I just think there has to be so much relief in all these schools to get out of I mean, it was ridiculous playing Duncanville and, and uh, DeSoto. I mean, at first when that was announced, it was kind of fun to think about. And then in, in actual practice and seeing it, it, it just it just seemed like completely unfair uh, and it just did not work out at all. And and so I think now uh, Shane out there at, at Midway, I mean, you know, he can start to build the program up and get it. It's just it, it just tears you down as a program when you have to go play games against those three teams. I, I didn't mention Cedar Hill, those three teams. Over the past however many years, you may have had the stat, I saw it somewhere, are like a combined 75 and 16. And probably their only losses right, are against ridiculous. each other. Yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, when I talked to Shane Anderson yesterday, because obviously Midway going back with uh, Coppers Cove and, uh, and Harker Heights and, and Temple was a really big story. And Matt, this is the first realignment since I've been here where the big schools were the big story of the day. Um, and to the point where, you know, if we hadn't gotten frozen in, I would have been in Round Rock to go talk to these big schools tomorrow, uh, yes, yesterday instead of in Waco. Um, and to be quite frank, one of the things that Shane Anderson was happiest about, it had nothing to do with the level of play because he even admitted there's not much you can do about that. You just have to show up and play. And we didn't. He said, the thing that I'm most excited about is the travel because – it, it, his average travel time cut, I think he estimated between 20 and 30 miles um, in district competition. Midway to Temple is probably 30, 45 minutes on, on a yellow dog, depending on, you know, the traffic on I-35. Yeah, so yeah. you got to give it a wide range there. Um, but, you know, you're talking about he, – one thing he was telling me was you go to these basketball games, and because he is the, the high school campus athletic coordinator there at Midway. So he'll go to a basketball game up in, I don't know, Waxahachie or Cedar Hill or DeSoto, and he, he'll get home by, at 11 o'clock that night in his car. Well, then you got to factor in what time the kids are getting home on a bus because the buses can't go over. I think it's 55, and, like, he can drive the 75 on 35. That's not an issue because he's in a car. And so it's, it, you know, I think he brought up the point that, it's you know, for football, it's not that big of a deal. You're going to have some drives for football, but it's on a Friday night, but it is what it is. But for baseball, for volleyball, basketball, you've got Tuesday night games on the road, man. You've got school the next day, right? And this cuts their travel down there. I mean, Weiss isn't exactly the easiest campus to get to come uh, not football season, but I mean, shoot. You got two different easy ways to get to the field in Pflugerville to go play Weiss, and then Huddo's. Uh, you can see Huddo Stadium off of the toll road, and so there's. I mean, it's that's an area of that's an area that I'm quite familiar with, um, thanks to uh, my fiance. But you know, I think this is a much better path, not just uh, football wise, but travel wise. And then there's the obvious football advantages, but at the same time. You've got some really good programs in there. Temple is one of the winningest programs in the state uh, in the history of Texas high school football. Parker Heights has a kid who holds an offer from Alabama, and that can't go unsaid. 
Uh, Hutto is just a couple of years removed from a really deep run, and Weiss, in his first couple of years open, won a district championship. So this isn't – and then let's not forget about the fact that Brian came in, at, you know, looking like a pushover coming into that uh, 12-6-8 two years ago and made the playoffs both times. And so, you know, there's – this is going to be a, a competitive district um, and so it's not, I'm not saying it's Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar Hill, but it's, it, it's not a bad district. No, I, it's not. And, um, uh, I love that you and your fiance basically have most of the state covered. I mean, between you, you, you kind of, <laughs> you know how to, you know how to, uh, to, to cover all this. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to throw out some of these schedules. I love how, you know, everybody has to get together and, get it on Twitter and, and they're like using reporters to try to help get them games and things like that. Um, I looked at one particular schedule jumped out at me parish Episcopal. Okay. That's a school in the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. Here's how they're going to, here's what their schedule looks like. Okay. Non-district parish Episcopal. will going to start out week one, 10 times Champolito week two, Bel Air Episcopal uh, week three, four, a division one state runner up Austin LBJ. Week four, 5A Division II state champ South Oak Cliff. Week five, 4A Division II state champ China Spring. I mean, I, I that's that's pretty that's a pretty amazing. Uh, I I don't know what they're doing over there. I, all I know is they kind of did one of those uh, Boise State like blue fields to kind of be different. But that is um, that that's 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 getting a season started right there. If you can survive that, you can survive just about anything. Oh no, no doubt whatsoever. And then let's you know on the China Spring side of that, let's not forget they added San Antonio Cornerstone, which is like a private school all-star team there in week six since they wound up in a five-team district. No, I mean Parish Episcopal is one of the most respected uh, private schools in the state. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, who uh, you know played for the Rams back in the day and was a Texas Christian in Temple for, gosh, for a long time. Uh, that's where that's where they hired him from. You know, he he was uh, he, he was a successful assistant there at Parish Episcopal, and that's a school with a lot of respect in the private school world. Um, and it does not shock me that you know they're struggling to get some games maybe in the uh, Metroplex area. I mean, look, you just listed off like three teams that made deep runs, went three rounds or deeper in that, just from the UIL teams on there, including two that played in the state championship games uh, on Friday. Uh, LBJ is obviously moving back up, and then you've got China Spring moving up into the team. So between the new newly formed 4A Division ones and 5A Division one, uh, you've got three teams on there who have some uh, some staying power. That's a heck of a schedule. One of the favorite matchups that I've seen. Have you seen Harker Heights in their non-district schedule? Because uh, that is an intriguing, intriguing. Mm. Um, scheduled like they've still got a Colleen ISD rivalry game on there with Ellison uh, I saw Smithson Valley uh, was on there uh, Odessa Permian I think week four which is a really fascinating game especially if the mojo can get this thing back on the uh, in the right direction um, yeah I'm a really big fan of uh, here we go it's yeah Ellison Smithson Valley and then Round Rock Cedar Ridge in week three so I'm really I'm actually really enjoying seeing Heights' uh, non-district schedule with Cedar Ridge, a playoff, a playoff contender every year, Odessa Permia, one of the most tradition-rich programs in the state, and then 
an Ellison team that's going to look to compete for a playoff spot in that in that new District Four Five A Division One. Yeah, I well, I agree. I, all those things uh, uh, fascinate me. I always, uh, I really appreciate your coverage, Curtis. And uh, by the way, sometimes you engage with the haters. I just ignore them. Occasionally, I mean, y'all, what y'all do <laughs> on high school football and high school athletics as a whole is unbelievable. So uh, you know, I, I know you get some goofy stuff every once in a while. Just uh, you're, you're really, honestly, not doing well unless you get some crazies every once in a while. So just take that. Oh as my a God. compliment I laugh about it. It's, I know it, 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 it's funny to me. It's I, it, the fact that I got that voicemail, Matt, and I'm not even kidding. I, I heard <laughs> it come in on my email as I'm walking out of the studio, and I was literally just walking out to grab my camera, get in the car, and drive to Colleen to shoot high school basketball. Uh huh. And I get an email saying we don't ever cover high school sports, and it uh, <laughs> it was. I told my news director about it the next day, and he just goes, "Wait, are you serious?" And I played it for him, and he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't believe it, man. Yeah. Well, I I tell you, I, I I just cannot get enough of this realignment. I'm sitting here right now looking at District 11, 2A Division Two, because Alto and some of those schools. I'm just interested. Why you know, like Elkhart didn't get put in some of these uh, pl- uh, different places. It's just, it's just fascinating. All this stuff to me. I like watching it. The three A, two A, four A, all of that stuff. Uh, all right. Well, hey, do me a favor. If you do go over there for the Baylor game tonight, uh, see if you can snag me one of those bucket hats. I know you're a, a true <laughs> newsman, and you would not wear something like that, especially a team you cover. I would wear a, a Baylor uh, bucket bucket hat. So see if. Uh, you know, Krista Pertle or somebody can can uh, fix you up with one of those and then just hold it for me if you don't mind. I will do my best, but I'm still looking at a little bit of ice on this road in front of my house. So uh, oh, I'm starting oh, to gosh. doubt if I'll be out of here before tomorrow morning at all, my man. All right. I, I'll send somebody out. Okay. I'll send, I'll send a driver <laughs> out for you. All right, Curtis, all my best. I appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, Matt. There he goes. Curtis Quillen. Chillin' with Quillen.